You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's cool fact of the day is that a study of thale cress, which is a relative of like kale and broccoli kind of combined, shows that plants can tell when they're being eaten. When the plant felt or heard the vibration of a caterpillar eating it, it released toxic mustard oil into its leaves to deter the caterpillars. Now, it turns out that all plants do this. When plants are threatened, they actually respond with uh, usually chemicals. In fact, one of my favorite plants, coffee, does the same thing. So when coffee is stressed, whether it's by mold or by insects or by drought, it actually makes a lot more uh, caffeine, which is an antifungal agent in coffee. This is one reason why robusta kinds of coffee, the stuff that we typically don't have in higher-end coffee houses, is much more uh, likely to have higher amounts of caffeine because it tends to also have higher amounts of mold in it, which is not well known. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD+, levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. If you're watching on YouTube today, you've noticed that I'm live in the studio with a guest. And if you're a longtime listener or watcher, as the case may be, you may recognize him as Alberto Viotto. Alberto is a best-selling author and founder of the world-renowned Institute of Energy Medicine and the Four Winds Society. 
I've actually taken some classes on shamanic training with Alberto. He spent two decades with shamans in the jungles or in the Andes, and he's kind of come up with a set of sacred technologies that he believes can transform the body and heal the soul and change the way we live, even how you die. He's been on Bulletproof Radio twice, and today he's going to talk about his new book called A Shaman's Miraculous Tool for Healing. Actually, A Shaman's Miraculous Tools for Healing. And Alberto, welcome to the show. And welcome Thank to you, Dave. Good to be with you. It, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have yeah. you here in person instead of just on the phone. Thank you. Thank you. Now, last night we did some cryotherapy here yep. downstairs. What did you think of that? I loved it. I loved it. It felt like I was uh, being sacrificed high up in the Andes for a little while, <laughs> being left there to the snow gods. But it was amazing the response of the body to these extreme conditions, similar to the plants that you were mentioning earlier. When we get stressed, we produce all of these, all of these repair systems are switched on in the body that, are, that really provide tremendous beneficial uh, effects for us. You're a really interesting guy, Alberto, because you've studied these ancient uh, spiritual disciplines. But when I first uh, took a class from you, you spent half your time talking about pathways in the brain, mitochondrial function, uh, oxygen levels, yeah. sirtuins, and all these other things that you see biochemists talking about. Mm -hmm. How did you get into brain science? when you've typically been studying these altered states? You know, Dave, the, the shamans were the very first neuroscientists. Yeah. They discovered um, the ayahuasca, they discovered um, curare. How do, they, how do they come up with, and they live in nature's pharmacy in the Amazon. Now the sacred plants of the shamans, when we took them to the laboratory, we found out that what they did was upgrade the quality of the brain by repairing the hippocampus, the region in the brain responsible for having a new experience, even a new experience of health. And they also upgraded the NRF2 detox pathways, which are the same pathways that coffee activates and that switch on the longevity genes. So an old man in the Amazon, I asked him one time, how do I avoid the illnesses of old age? And he said, simple, you just live a long and healthy life. And I said to him, wait a minute, you don't understand. He said, no, I understand your question. You live a long and healthy life by taking these plants. And when we looked at them in the lab, they silenced more than 200 genes that wow. create disease and switched on more than 500 genes that create health. So these are the, and these were the traditionally the sacred plants of the medicine people, including curcumin, all of the NRF2 activators, including coffee for the Sufi, for, you know, in the Andes, coffee is sacred medicine. Wow. Not the psychedelics. The psychedelics were a whole different category. But these are the ones that made sure that you had a long and healthy life. So there's a set of medicinal herbs, which are sometimes consumed as plants and spices and things like that now. Yep. And then, well, there are a set of psychedelics, which are, are used in almost every culture I've ever come across, where there, there's a shamanic practice that involves yep. altered states. Do those psychedelic drugs have a role in... Uh, in enhancing cognitive function or, or longevity, or is that more for just spiritual experiences? They do. See, we don't separate the spiritual experience <laughs> yeah. and the upgraded brain. You mm -hmm. need to have an upgraded brain to have a spiritual experience. Otherwise, you need a massive amount of psychedelics, and it doesn't last. So when you upgrade the brain, basically you're, you're repairing the region in the brain, the hippocampus, mm -hmm. that lets you have a new experience. 
and that deactivates the fight or flight response. So we're not living in a state of content, constant alert. We're not living in fear or in scarcity. And the minute that you disable the fight or flight, which is called the HPA axis, mm -hmm. the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, when the pituitary stops cranking out cortisol and adrenaline, then the pineal gland can start methylating. And that's what the pineal gland does. It methylates serotonin when you need to go to sleep into melatonin. And you tweak it a little bit more and you end up with ayahuasca, with dimethyl-2-methyltryptamine. Serotonin is a tryptamine. So the purpose, the object of the pineal, one of its functions is to get us high, okay. naturally. And, but to do that, you've got to upgrade your brain. And then you live in the state of one spirit, of communion with all life. So for someone who's listening right now, uh, they're sitting at work, uh, they're driving in the car, uh, and maybe even watching our, our live video, what, uh, what would they do to, to wake up their pineal, to upgrade their brain the way you're talking about it? Well, there are many ways that we can do that. One of the ways is through meditation. It takes a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. There's supplements and plant substances that we can use. The MCT oils, the, the Bulletproof Diet is designed to do that. And the, uh, but the most important thing is to work smarter, not to work harder. Okay. Because we're really pushed to perform, to work harder, to produce more. And what you want to do is to have work happen and success happen, but not have to be the doer all the time. To get the doing out of the equation, but to simply have choreograph your life so that you get the, the benefits that you want from it. It's what the shamans call dreaming your world into being. That was the title of one of your books, right? Title, yep. And if you don't dream it into being, then you've got to wrestle with it to try to get it into a tolerable shape so it doesn't go out of hand. But to do that, you need to access the higher brain states. The, there's something that I used to do a lot, um, which was uh, I'd struggle. Right? So you, you can use a force of will and effort to just sort of make something happen, mm -hmm. but it, it's an enormous amount of, of energy that goes it's into huge. doing it. Uh, and I, I used to think that you know, struggle, working really hard, like that's, that's what, what makes you better, that's what gives you progress. Yeah. And, and certainly sometimes pushing yourself, learning to push yourself hard does that. But as I've evolved, I realized that there's a difference between working hard and struggling to mm -hmm. work hard. It, is this part of your shamanic teachings? Absolutely. Is, you know, okay. in, in, when we were hunter-gatherers back in the Paleolithic days, you worked really hard to catch an antelope, mm -hmm. and then you relaxed. Right. And then you work really hard to catch another antelope. But, the, but our society today wants to have worker bees. And we are told, we're sold this idea that the harder you work, the better of a human being you are. You want to work smarter, more creatively, and more, um, uh, more in alignment with the flow of creation. And that means doing less, but, <laughs> the, but having more happen. Got it. So this is, so you're not struggling anymore, but you are, when you are in harmony with yourself and with life, then the universe will support you. We, in, in your book, uh, you talk about turning fate into destiny. Now, a lot of people listening uh, who come from uh, a Western background, like, okay, maybe I don't believe in fate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't believe in destiny. I don't have a clear definition of those two. And how the heck would you link those together, even if you believed in both yeah. of them? 
Walk me through how you explain those relatively, we'll call them airy-fairy concepts. Fate and destiny. Yeah. They're really not airy-fairy. You know, yeah. fate is what you are, what has been preordained for you by your <clears throat> karma, by your psychology, by your family of origin, by your genetics. You know, yeah. do we want to repeat the illnesses of our parents? The ways they lived, the way they died, the way they got old. The, the sense of humor that they had, which was silch in my family. <laughs> and the, uh, or do you want to kind of write your own story? Do you want to craft a destiny that is infused with meaning, with purpose, where you don't have to live out the heart conditions or the breast conditions or the cancers that run in the family? So, so fate, in the way you're using it here, is basically what was written in your genes or in your history or maybe in your energy, right? Totally, in your energy. Okay. Now, see, this, we're getting into the shamanic now mm -hmm. because the, uh, the shamans, the original Paleolithic visionaries, believed that we have a luminous energy field that informs the body and that organizes the body the way that a magnet organizes iron filings on a piece of glass. And that's, it's full of information, including the information about how you will heal, how you will live, how you may get sick, and how you might die. Some of the very latest research coming out, like uh, Stephen Wolfram's research on uh, mathematics and, and some of the latest thoughts about information fields, mm -hmm. are now starting to make these old beliefs look less radical than we once thought. Yeah. Even... Uh, when you're an embryo, you know, just a, just a single cell, there is something that tells each of those cells how to differentiate, what to totally. differentiate into. It is a field. <laughs> it's and the we field. Know it now. Yeah. <laughs> See, we there are two states in physics. There's the field state, and the particle state. Mm -hmm. We're in our particle state right now, but when we die, we go back to our field state. And when I asked the shamans, well, what's the object of all of this training? And they said to me, well, the object of shamanism is to learn how to get out of this life alive. I thought, oh, interesting, more interesting than how to heal my mother issues and my daddy issues. So, the, um, so you've got to remember we're dealing with information. If it's in the field, you've got to clear it from the field, and then healing happens. And then you don't have to express the genetics for the family illnesses. And then you begin to craft your own destiny. But for the shaman, and when we teach our students at our um, at the Four Winds Society, we tell them that there's a difference between information and knowledge. Okay. Information is knowing that water is H2O or that we have a field, and knowledge is being able to make it rain. Okay. And, and there's it, a difference between them. Yeah. There's a difference between them. So, so you've spent about 20 years studying this as a trained cultural anthropologist and then becoming a trained shaman. As a medical anthropologist. Medical anthropologist. Then I became a shaman. Not cultural. You're medical, not cultural. Yeah. I always get that wrong. Okay. And then you became mm -hmm. a shaman. Did you think that was what would happen when you started the training? You know, I remember once being with the shaman that I was studying and, um, and telling him about chaos theory. Mm -hmm. You know, chaos theory, the butterfly that flapped its wings in Beijing and caused a tropical storm in the Caribbean. Right. And he says to me, well, show me. And I go, what do you mean show you? This is physics. I can't show you. He says, well, if you can talk about it, it's because you can do it, right? And I had a brand new PhD. And he says, come on, flap your little doctor wings and heal somebody in India. And I said, I can't do that. He said, I can. 
Wow. So it's the difference. Today we can explain everything. The origin of the universe, where we're going, who we are, our biology, quantum physics, but we can't make it rain. You know, we're still dealing with the, with the mind in its, um, in its quest for figuring out the world, but we're not able to change it. And what the shamanic traditions have, they have the core energetics for how you shift your luminous architecture to create a different reality in your body and in your world. When you walk around, or when a, a, we'll say a typical shaman, if there's such a thing, I know there's lots of flavors of shamans. Mm -hmm. around, do you sort of see everyone as an energy field, or do you have to like, go in an altered <laughs> state? Like, <laughs> no, I don't want to see everybody's energy field. You <laughs> okay. can switch it on and off. You can switch it on and totally. off. Totally. And you know, shamanism has become very popular today. Yeah. Very, very commercial too. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be careful who you. You've got to interview your shamans even more than you have to interview your doctors. Okay. Because there's a lot of shamanic malpractice going on too. But if you learn to see the field nature of reality, you can switch back and forth between your seeing from the field to the particle state. Wow. So I can look at somebody's energy field and, and tell who their grandmother slept with. Not that I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell the genetic histories of the family, the predispositions to heart disease. Um, and how to and where it resides in the field, and how to clear the information from the field, so that my client or my patient doesn't have to live out. They don't have to heal it by somatizing it. What What does the field look like to you? Like, how do you perceive it? What part of is it your eyes that sees it, or is it some other part? Of you? No, really actually, remember that during embryonic development, that the nervous system is formed from the very same cells that make up your skin. Mm -hmm. So right at about week six, there's this process called invagination where the skin folds onto itself and you get the neural tube mm -hmm. made from skin cells. This is an amazing sensory system yeah. we have in the body. The so skin, your skin does it? It's your skin that does it. Wow. That registers and then it translates that into a signal in the visual cortex in the brain and then it generates an image. Wow. But you're not seeing through your eyes at all. Your eyes are trained to see the, the obvious only. That's, uh, that's fascinating. Mm. Um, no one's ever explained it to me that way, yeah. which, which, is, which is amazing. Just, uh, just think about that. So you pick up this, this mm. sensory thing from your skin, you bring it in. Now that's how you perceive it. Now if you were to go in and say, edit the information mm -hmm. uh, field in, in a person so that they're less likely to have a disease or so they can deal with a trauma or whatever the thing you're working on is, is it your skin that does that too? Like, like how do you do that? No, actually, you know, I'm working on a new book, Dave. Mm -hmm. So if I want to show you my new book, I'm not going to say, here, feel the hard drive in my laptop, man. It's <laughs> really cool. Okay. Because it's, that's absurd. You want right. to look at the printout on the screen. So you need the screen. You need the interface. And the interface are what are called the chakras okay. in the Hindu traditions. And somebody asked me one time, well, aren't the chakras Hindu? Do shamans have chakras? And I asked him, well, aren't kidneys European? <laughs> you know, the Af do Africans have kidneys? And if they're part of your luminous anatomy, they're universal. Okay. And a chakra is actually produced when you have a nerve complex and an endocrine gland together, and they create a disturbance in the field. And this is, these are the two signaling systems in the body, your nervous system and your hormonal system.
And this is how you have to interact with the field, is through the energy centers. Because the information in the field is stored holographically. So, so you use your chakras to impact Oh, I use my, my client's chakras. Uh, okay. And so, what part of you is doing the, the work on that? My hands. <laughs> okay. And my intention, the intention directed through the hand. Okay. So the notion here is that you can upgrade the quality of the information in the field. Because if you have heart disease in your family, it's not stored over your heart in your field. It's stored holographically in the field. And, and holograms mean that it's stored everywhere in Everywhere. Tiny bits, right? Everywhere in the field. Okay. It's like your DNA. Mm. You know, the tip of your finger has the instructions for creating a whole new person. Okay. So you have to upgrade the quality of the information in the field. And you do that by attuning the person to their geography, to where they live, and to their destiny, to their future self. Okay. So this is... And you can see that with your skin as well. And you can okay. do that because in the field state, you're non-local. In the particle state that we're in, we're living in local space-time. When you go into the field state, remember an electron in the field state can be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it is in two or three places at the same time. In our field state, we're in the past and in the future as well. It's non-local. This is what modern physics tells us. Mm -hmm. So you can actually track forward on a person's timeline and find a desired future state of health and anchor that, collapse the field into that state and have that future state reach back like a giant hand and pull the person towards that state of health or yourself. And that's what we want to do because we want to age and to heal differently than our parents did. Now, and I'll tell you how, just give me a sec, okay, I'll tell you sure, how it works. Sure. Because if you were a shaman and you lived on the coast, you had to take the fishermen the next day to where the fish were going to be. Not where they had been the day before. Right. If you lived in the mountains, you had to take the hunters to where the buffalo were going to be tomorrow or next week. So the shaman was tracking into the future to find where the fish were going to be. And what I do is I track into the future and find a desired state that has to be permissible, even though it may not be very probable. Even if there's a 4% probability, I track it and the act of finding it makes it even more probable. I take the person to where the fish are going to be. Okay. And in the field state, we can all do that. Now you say we can all do that, but, but most shaman traditions talk about there being a lineage and there's a genetic component to being a shaman. Um, no, it no, takes okay. a lot of work and practice. It's like learning the piano. Right. It's good if you come with a little bit of a gift, but then you've got to do the work. Okay, so, so in your understanding, this is something that pretty much everyone can do with enough practice and learning. And, and I think that we have to do it today. Yeah. Okay. I think that we have to become our own shamans. Mm -hmm. And we have to find out who we're becoming individually and we can, so we can get that to inform us. Otherwise, we default to the programming that we got from our families, the and, genetic and the psychological. 
And most of the time, if you look at where your family was 50 or 100 years ago, it probably wasn't somewhere very happy because oh, we have these world wars, famines. Totally. Like there's a lot of trauma that, that you do pick up. Yeah. That's, that's, and we, in fact, we know it's in your genes. Mm-hmm. Like if your grandparents went through a famine, your chances of type 2 diabetes are much higher. Like, like this stuff is transmitted multigenerationally. Totally. Um, so we have, to, we have to do future causation now. So that we know that if our families were in World War II, that we have a you know 15% higher risk of becoming diabetic. Now that's backward causation. So that's the past informing the present. What shamans say is you can have the future inform the present as well. And then you can select a destiny for yourself, for for your village, or maybe even for the planet, than what you are pre-programmed for which is really pretty, you know, not that hot. So that's, uh, that's really powerful. And, mm-hmm. and if you assume that someone with good intentions like, like you can, can do this, does that also mean that someone with bad intentions could take the probabilities that are less likely and make them more likely, like the, the negative probabilities? Totally. Okay. So, I mean, right now the oil companies are being sued in California for not advising, for, for denying the climate change risk that their own research indicates was probable. And that's at the collective level. At the individual level, you have to be mindful of every thought because every negative thought, uh, whenever you get angry, whenever you wish somebody not well, that basically brings down the quality of your own field. And this is why compassion, charity, kindness, is so important. But that's just the fundamental part. Okay. Then you can really get into playing with the, with the technologies. So if someone who's unfamiliar with, with these teachings comes across this now and says, all right, I, I want to get into this, like how much of an investment of time and energy does it really take to start perceiving the future in a different way? It takes about the same investment of time and energy that it takes to become a good lover. Okay, so it helps five if minutes. you, yeah. <laughs> this is the problem with the guy thing, you know. <laughs> so the uh, so it takes an in, it takes a dedication, okay, and a commitment in your life to really bring out the finest of our human capabilities, not just what will make us a little bit wealthier or get us a better house or better spouse, looking spouse than we think that we deserve but really a commitment to exploring human capabilities. And this is what the explorer does. And the explorer is the typical Paleolithic hunter-gatherer. We were explorers. Mm -hmm. Now most of us have been educated to become farmers and to eat grain and to live on carbs and on sugar. So we have to defy that upbringing. And we have to get back into the explorer mentality that was prevalent when we were Paleolithic hunter-gatherers. So, in, but in we have sh- to apply it inwards, <laughs> not just to tracking the game, but to tracking our capabilities. In the shamanic training you've had, I, I know all the different things I've read about shamanism. There's always weird diets. Yeah. And so you just mentioned avoiding sugar and carbs and all that because those are sort of farmer foods. Yeah. Uh, when you're teaching people to to be more powerful and all, you you actually tell them to stop eating grains. Mm-hmm. And is that a traditional, long-standing teaching, um, or is this something that you've come across? You know, the shamans would watch the the uh, pyramid builders hauling the rocks up the pyramids, and the priests saying to them, 
if you build a good pyramid, you'll be rewarded in the afterlife. And the medicine people would laugh and say, well, you're going to build a what pyramid for when? <laughs> You've got to do it now. Now is when you want to build your consciousness and the personal power to have your consciousness remain intact, even in the face of death and beyond death. Because in the religious traditions, we're told that we have an infinite soul that will live forever, so you can deal with that later. As shamans say, you have the possibility for infinity and immortality, but you have to accumulate the consciousness and energy and personal power. And to do that, we have to heal ourselves. So we begin with that, and the diet is essential. Avoid the white menace, anything that's white, don't eat it, white sugar, white bread, processed wheat, stay away from the grains, and, the, um, and detoxify. We gotta begin by detoxifying. So there was some blogger somewhere, I don't even know what website it was, who just wrote something about how, how the body naturally detoxes, its, detoxes itself and there's nothing you can do about it. So stop worrying about toxins. What do you say to, to things like that? Well, I remember being nine and 10 years old and when the thermometer broke, playing with the mercury. Remember doing mm -hmm. that? Yeah, and how to turn your tongue black if you got it on your <laughs> oh, tongue. It was bad. And, the, and mercury fillings and DDT. Mm -hmm. So the body detoxifies itself, but it detoxifies itself through the liver and the skin, primarily. And most of the detox that people do are, they're detoxing the filters, which we need to do. But the shaman is interested in detoxing the brain, inside the cell, detoxifying the garbage that accumulates inside the cell and that interferes with mitochondrial function. And when you can detox a cell and get that garbage out and out through your liver and kidneys, then you can have a new brain that thinks, that has an original thought. Okay. And it is, it's essential that we detoxify. Because toxins are stored in the long-lived molecules in the body. And the long-lived molecules are fat. Yeah. And the brain is 70% fat. So guess where all that childhood mercury is going? <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely noticed that my thinking is not as clear when I've had toxins. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, it's one of those things where, well, they're not killing you, so it's fine. But it turns out that, at least in my experience, between fully alive and awake and fully dead is mm -hmm. not a black and white state. Like there's a spectrum and yeah. the, the presence of those toxins seems to inhibit the more, uh, the more unusual states, but the ones where you know, good things happen. Well, let's talk about fight or flight response. This mm. is something that, that Bulletproof listeners are, are familiar with. Yeah. But you have a, a shamanic perspective on a fight or flight response. So help me understand the, the historical or the, the traditional ancestral perspective on this, this part of, of our nervous systems. Like, how does, how does that work in your teachings? You know, we didn't discover the fight or flight response in the West. We named it. Yeah. But everybody's recognized it. And the, um, in the jungle, they call it bringing the jaguar down from the tree. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard this, you know, and I'd ask him, why do you want to bring the jaguar down? Leave it up in the tree. Right. And um, they say, no, the jaguar's supposed to be down in the lower branches, relaxing deeply, which is what the jaguar's supposed to do. Not up at the top branches, spooked. And if you try to bring it down, it'll go. Kshew. So the, um, I discovered they were talking about the fight or flight response <clears throat> that has been turned on for most of us since birth. 
because many of us were born into families that were not safe, right. including myself. And the stress hormones, which mm -hmm. are cortisol and adrenaline, they go right through the placental barrier and they create neural networks. So if your mother was not sure that she could rely on her man to look after her, you were born into with neural networks that predisposed you not to trust men right. or to trust life. And many of us, most of us were born with a fight or flight switched on. Not only that, but governments and corporations make a lot of money by keeping people in fear. Yeah. So the, there's a, and that's, you know, what governments do. <clears throat> so to reset fight or flight, when you, we're the only organism, the only creature in the kingdom that cannot reset its fight or flight system. Every other animal can reset it except humans. What do you mean by reset it? Well, I'll tell you a story. I was in, um, in a safari in Africa and we were in an open safari car by the water hole. And in Africa, everything happens by the water hole. And there was this herd of gazelle that were grazing near the water hole and this baby was straying behind the herd. And I, there's this cheetah stalking it. And it's in the tall grass, the cheetah's getting closer to the baby and we're going, you know, we're trying to communicate <laughs> telepathically with this. And suddenly the baby sees it and darts off running, gets to the water hole, hesitates for a moment, and is running over the water. And a crocodile shoots off from the other side of the, uh, of the water hole like a torpedo. And it gets out to the other side of the water hole. The croc backs off and the cheetah gives up. It's too much trouble because cheetahs are sprinters. They're not mm -hmm. long distance runners. And the little baby looks around and sees that it's safe. And then a quiver begins to the very tip of its nose and it goes right through its entire body. It's quivering and shaking and, and then it goes back to grazing as if nothing had happened. It reset its fight or flight system. And meanwhile, I need a drink. Right? <laughs> and back at camp and two martinis later, I still was getting sweaty hands the typical fight or flight response, you know, rapid heart rate, because we lose the ability to reset fight or flight at about the age of six weeks. And after that, our brains are too complex. The experiment that nature is conducting with humans is for a very complex brain. Our brains are so complex that we cannot reset fight or flight. Only three things will do it. One of them is DHA, Omega-3 fatty acids, they will help to reset fight or flight at clinical doses, not mm. at maintenance doses. I, I the, typically use krill oil for that. Do you have a preference for krill versus, fabulous. versus fabulous. regular fish? Yeah, krill oil is the best because it okay. feeds the mitochondria too. Got it. The other thing is the shamanic techniques for resetting fight or flight. Before a shaman does healing on anybody, they'll help them make their world safe again help them reset their fight or flight energetically by tweaking the architecture of the field. And the third thing is great sex. Okay. So if you can get all three of those together in one hit, fantastic. <laughs> so fish oil lubricant. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. No, it's kind of smelly too. Right, right. So you, the, uh, but this is the, the problem is that you can, the fight or flight produces the stress hormones and you cannot produce the stress hormones and the bliss hormones in the same lab. 
Okay. Your fight or flight is turned on, you cannot be methylating serotonin to create psilocybin, which is a methylated serotonin. Those wonderful magic mushrooms yeah. we had in college. Remember when you could see the music? Right, right. And ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is, is a serotonin that's methylated. It's DMT, dimethyltryptamine. You cannot do both. In the same lab, you cannot produce the stress chemicals and the bliss chemicals. So your body produces at least serotonin, but it, does it methylate serotonin on board as well? Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. You so methylate serotonin into melatonin. Of course. Of That's course. what puts yeah, yeah. you to sleep at night. Thank you for that pathway, right? Yeah. Um, and if you tweak melatonin a mm -hmm. little bit more, you've got and serotonin is a tryptamine. Mm -hmm. It's 5-HT. And the, if you tweak it, you get melatonin. If you tweak a little bit more, you get dimethyl tryptamine. DMT, the DMT, ayahuasca. And then you're able to create psychosomatic health. You're able to dream your world into being. You're able to craft a new destiny. But if you're still carrying stones up the slope to build a pyramid, you're not able to do this. And our culture wants us to be nonstop productive by working harder. And what we discover when we upgrade the brain is that you can be even more productive and creative, creative by having hard work happen around you without you being the doer all the time. Yeah, it's, it's a powerful story and it, it sounds almost too good to be true. Well, how am I going to get other people to do the work? But it's not even about getting other people to do the it's work. It's about it, having, it happening. Yeah, and, and it's a lot easier now than it ever has been. You can yeah. automate things. Um, I'm thinking about my, my friend Ari Mysel has a, a book called Less Doing mm -hmm. on a website about that. And this whole thing is like, how do you get stuff off your plate without hiring other people? Yeah. And, and, and what I hadn't realized in the course of building Bulletproof, like I, I'm, I'm pretty motivated. I, I feel like it's helping a lot of people. So um, I, I have uh, two executive admins now who help mm -hmm. like stack up my schedule like a Rubik's Absolutely. Cube. Absolutely. And they're all important things. I'm you know, talking with people. I'm doing things that I believe matter. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I didn't stop for five minutes. And yeah, but that's okay. Because mm -hmm. what you do when you upgrade your brain is you get out of your own <clears throat> way. That's very true. And when you get out of your own way, you become so much more powerful in what you do. And 90% of our struggle is with ourselves. It's true. But there's something that happens when you're doing nothing. Uh, in, in the brain. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if there's a, a shamanic point of view on that. And in the West, we'd call it default mode or passive mode. And I find that if I schedule a half hour, an hour of doing nothing on mm -hmm. my calendar, like doesn't mean doing Facebook or email. Yeah. It means just like, like I, I'm going to do something, but not nothing that's a distracting thing. That's when all the stuff percolates, and that's where like that's creativity, where creativity and happens from. at that point. Yeah. So, so, what's the shamanic perspective on well, that? Well, the is art there one? form is to do okay. nothing while you're on Facebook and answering emails and having mm -hmm. an interview like this one. Can mm -hmm. you still be doing nothing and being playful with it? Got it. Yeah. Okay. So your doing becomes infused with a high quality of playfulness and, and the doing and maybe, creativity. And the doing maybe requires less focus. Yep. so that you have the rest of the brain. In, and in then possible. you hire people that can help you mm -hmm. instead of people that you need to help. Right. So I used to hire people for all the wrong reasons to help them. Mm -hmm. And it was my own pathology that was playing itself out in my organization. 
So people look at my calendar and they say, wow, you're so busy, you're traveling all the time. And I go, I'm not busy. You know, busy is a state of mind. It's, it's very true. It, yeah. it, I am doing a lot, but I don't feel particularly stressed even mm -hmm. on those really long days. Um, in fact, someone, I think it was a reporter, I think from the New York Times, who interviewed me during the Bulletproof Conference mm -hmm. about two, three weeks ago. This is one of those things where we had two days of executive coach training for Bulletproof Coaching and then three days where there's 1,300 people, everyone wants to talk with me, yeah. and it, it is, every minute is back to back, yeah. and my kids were there. So as soon as I'm done, I go and play with the kids. Like, like you don't mm -hmm. even get a rest after that. Um, sleeping about five hours a night. And she said, well, you know, Dave seemed a little jittery. <laughs> it's <laughs> not I, the coffee. <laughs> I'm like, well, I used a little, uh, one milligram of nicotine, um, and I had the coffee. Mm -hmm. But I actually, I, I look back on that, and. I, w I wasn't feeling jittery at all. I was actually feeling like I was kind of in a state of flow. Yeah. I, was, I was kind of relaxed. I was just going from place to place. But, but see, this is yeah. the fundamental nature of reality because people will project onto you mm -hmm. their own life perspective. So they say you're feeling jittery, which means that I'm jittery with you. And then uh, we tend to it. own it and say, oh, maybe I am feeling jittery. And when you upgrade the brain through the products that you that you offer people and through the, yeah, there's, there's lots of techniques the, yeah. the techniques that we work with you know I, I i was just at a conference also one of our conferences mm -hmm. for our shaman training what this is the four winds it was a four winds conference okay. we had greg brayton there as a keynote speaker a wonderful conference and the and what i do is i train western shamans mm -hmm. so people that are skilled in the ancient energy medicine practices and conversant with cutting-edge neuroscience because otherwise you end up just shaking rattles and feathers and trying to look like an Indian. And what the shaman did, he was in the cutting edge of the known, between the known and the unknown. And this is what you're doing. To me, you're a contemporary shaman. You know, you're working with, with the cutting edge of science and using it to create health and, and intelligence. There's, uh, so I, I've taken one of the, uh, I think you have five classes and you mm -hmm. have the four wins, but I think there's a fifth class after that, right? Yeah. Uh, so I've taken one of those and, and certainly there's all sorts of knowledge and, and experience that I, I don't have, um, but it, it's very powerful. And, and when I took it, there were, um, I'd say it was almost all Westerners in the class mm -hmm. from around the, around the world, really. Uh, but the people had really profound experiences and, and connected to a sense of, of, yeah. of, awareness that probably isn't typical. Well, we, we're introducing them to their field nature. Mm -hmm. So we're so used to the particle nature and we have to change the biochemistry and the particles here and we know the, the pathways that detoxify the brain. But then when you open up the field and the field state, see this is the debate that was happening at the turn of the century 100 years ago. Is the electron a particle or is it a wave? Mm -hmm. And if you shoot it through a plate of steel with one hole in it, it'll go through it, so it's a particle. You put three holes in it, it goes through all three at the same time, so it's acting like an ocean wave. Mm -hmm. and, and the assumption was it had to be one or the other, and they understood that it was both. And, the, and then Heisenberg came along and said, well, you know, it's really not a particle until you look for it. And wherever you look for it is where you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. So, and if you apply that to us, we have a particle state, which is here, and then a field state, which is everywhere. And we are someone because we're somebody, because we're somewhere. 
and we want to if but we can shift our awareness into mm -hmm. our and in you know when i was in the amazon and working with some of the psychoactive plants you have an experience of being everywhere and everything but you want to be able to switch between these two states knowing that you're both and that you are and you are where you choose to this you are the health that you choose to manifest you are the life that you choose to manifest and you and this is simply a reflection of an internal architecture of an energetic architecture what the shamans call an inner map that is then confirmed by reality well this could explain why or something like like worry is so toxic because you say if you look for something you look for the particle you'll find it mm -hmm. but when you're worrying you're looking for all the bad stuff right? yeah so how would someone listening who has a problem with worry or anxiety or fear or fear yeah whatever you fear is going to show up in your life exactly gonna bite you in the butt <laughs> how does how do we turn that how do we turn that off like what's the shamanic path to doing that well you've got to upgrade the brain okay that's number one which is a biochemical thing or a, a meditation thing it's a biochemical okay. oh here we're in the, in the realm of plants all right <laughs> yeah okay. and chemistry all right and shamas were the the first biochemist and neuroscientist it's true it's all about the what's bubbling in the pot right yeah okay totally so, so talk more about upgrading the brain this is you know my so, my love so <laughs> you know the thing is that a hundred years ago we didn't have to deal with detoxing everything a hundred years ago was free range was grass-fed and, and shamans never had to deal with the bodies that, that we have today, which are toxic waste dumps. Mm -hmm. So we have to detox. And in my last book, In One Spirit Medicine, I've got a really effective one-week cleanse program that detoxifies the brain and the inside of the cells and mitochondria. Beautiful. This is really important. And then you've got to upgrade the brain. With the with the you know uh, with the MCTs with the right foods the neuronutrients the superfoods that are designed to upgrade the brain. Okay. And then you got to switch off fight or flight, so you can begin to produce the bliss molecules. And then you got to enjoy the ride. <laughs> Do you ever play around with heart rate variability? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so people who are longtime um, bulletproof listeners mm -hmm. now are probably going, okay, a detox, like, okay, there's value in that. Sure. Um, you talked about it just now and in, in your work, and certainly that's a big part of the bulletproof diet is like eat foods that are less toxic. So you absolutely stop those yeah. in. And then it's certainly there's some compounds I use for detoxing, some compounds, I think some similarity. Like the curcumin, the sulforaphane, mm -hmm. the transresveratrol. These are yeah. medicines. They're not foods. They're medicines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they're uh, no, they're they're foods from a regulatory perspective. They are they're medicines. Oh, they would cost billions a, of dollars. From a shamanic perspective, <laughs> they are sacred. They're sacred food. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> they're sacred food. So yeah. these things becomes medicine. Become medicine. You have to add chemicals that are toxins to you them know, it's and funny. triple the price. <laughs> yeah, because the uh, well, the amazing thing to me is that the pharmaceutical companies, the most widely tested. Medication in the planet is placebo. Now, which one's that? The placebo, because oh, every, the placebo. I thought you meant one of the ones. Every that were medicine is yeah. tested against the placebo, mm -hmm. and the this, the placebo is remarkably effective. It's remarkably effective. What yeah. if you could tap into those same pathways? And a placebo works even when you know that you're taking a placebo. You tell the person, "I'm giving you a placebo," it still works. Wow. And this is, and the research is there for it. So what if we could tap into these mechanisms so that we get 92% of the effectiveness of Viagra without having to take the pill? 
Now, here's a weird question for you, and this has to do with the shamanic view of the field. There was a study, and I want to say it was Oxford or Cambridge, but don't quote me on either one. And what they did is they took some college students, and they said, we're going to test this strange green drink on you. So that's bright green slimy drink. Mm -hmm. And they didn't tell them, but they put an immunosuppressant in there. So something that suppresses immune function into the drink. So then they had the, the college students drink the drink, then they measured their immune function, and sure enough, it dropped because of the drugs that mm-hmm. were in it. Then they had them come back two weeks later, and they said, oh, we're going to taste test the drink again, and this time there's no immunosuppressant in it. So people drank the drink, and they had immunosuppression after the drink. But it wasn't a conscious placebo, because they were never told either way it had anything to do with the immune system. They thought it was a flavor test of the drink. So, but, so, so if you were to ask this to an Amazon shaman, yeah, what, what they would say to you, What's wrong with you? Can't you see that the intelligence of the body knew? Yeah. You didn't know consciously, but unconsciously, every cell in your body knew you were taking the same stimulus, the same immune suppressant. We've noticed it with people when we go into the Amazon in some of our expeditions, because we still do some of the, the anthropological work. If you walk past an area where a year before people saw jaguar tracks, and I pointed them out on the ground, they're walking past that area again, their heart rate goes up. Wow. Because the body recognizes. So we recognize threats. Totally. So, so the, this is the same phenomenon. The study was interesting because they're saying this is the first ever evidence of a potential cellular placebo effect. Yeah. Uh, which is also, you could say, bodily wisdom, right? And I love it's the Amazonian. It's the body wisdom, <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. The, the body knows. So if you can prime the body for extraordinary health, associating certain states with the things that are actually good for you. Now, the field remembers this. It's not at the level of cellular level, it's at the level of the field. Because the field learns instantaneously. Mm-hmm. The body learns slowly. But the field interacts with biophotons with the environment. So the communication mechanism of the field is through your microbiome, through your gut flora, and they communicate with each other through biophotons, mm-hmm. with light. And the field is made of light. So it's an electromagnetic field whose communication with the environment is with light. So the learning is instantaneous. Wow. And if your field is clear, if you can remove the imprints for the genetic conditions that run in your family, and for the stress that really makes the field gray and turbulent, then you can download the codes for a new human that are coming to the earth right now from the sun in this form of plasma storms that are hitting the earth right now at the time that the earth's shields are the weakest that they have been in 20,000 years. Wow. How do I convert that into an act? That's kind of heavy stuff. How do you, how, how do you, how, how do you put what, this into a drink? Yeah, like, like what do I do about that? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so like, put, put yourself in the shoes of, of someone listening to this going, all right, like... Will you, go, you, will you take a lunch break, you go photosynthesize. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we're all vitamin D deficient right now. Everybody listening to us should be on vitamin D3 supplements. Yes. Everyone. You know, without, it, without an exception. And it's because... But even more than the vitamin D, you've got to be in the sun to get the information because remember, sunlight is not only vitamin D, it's not only triggering D production, it's information. The field is information. 
we used to think of food as calories. Now we think of food as information. Mm -hmm. We used to think of energy as calories, even ATP production in mitochondria. It's information. And the higher the quality of the information, the less effort that it requires, the less energy that it requires. So when you go have lunch, have lunch outside. Just to get some of the sun. Yeah, and don't put on sunscreen. The reason we get malignant melanoma <laughs> is because we're toxic. Yeah. It's, you look at the Aborigines and the Africans, they're, they're not getting malignant melanoma, they're not toxic. Yeah, I can say that I have a shirt if I'm getting sunburned, that's my typical sunscreen, a shirt mm -hmm. and a hat. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Well, this is, this is amazing advice. Hmm. And I think we have time for like one more question before we get to the end of the show. And you talk about healing the death within us. What does that mean? You know, the uh, one time we had one of our teachers, I mentioned earlier that I train modern shamans, and our listeners who would like to know more about this can go to our website at thefourwinds.com. And one of our teachers was in the Amazon with me, and one of our trainers, and she had chronic conditions in her family. And the medicine woman looks at her and says, you know, death is stalking you in the same way that it stalked your mother and your grandmother, who had both died from breast cancer. And, the, um, and we can make you invisible to the death that's stalking you. Mm. Then she went back to her doctor, and her doctor said to her, you know, you've got these genetic predispositions that run in your family, and you've got a fairly high chance of having a breast condition that's deadly, and we better do a preventive mastectomy. And which one would you rather go to? So the shaman in the jungle is saying, we can change, we can make you invisible to the death that stalks you, we can heal you. And your doctor is saying, let's just cut your breast out because you can't change this. So they have a very animistic perspective in what we have a very rational and logical genetic description of, but they can work with the other. They can, they can influence the field to the point that you can select a different destiny in which you do not die from breast cancer or from a brain tumor. I mean, you have to ask the question though. So you, you can be certain that you have no breast, so you won't have breast cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, you might just have cancer somewhere else, but that's sure. a different discussion. <laughs> um, but there's no way to know whether the work the shaman did, like, did you hire the right shaman? Did the shaman have enough power? Like, <laughs> it's the same with doctors. You've got to be careful who okay. you go to. But, uh, you know, my early research was funded by a big pharmaceutical, Swiss pharmaceutical company. They wanted to find the new uh, breakthrough heart drug or cancer drug or, or dementia drug, Alzheimer's drug. And they funded me for three months when I was a young medical anthropologist. And because I was one of the few people working in the Amazon at that time, there was a lot of war. It's a long a of, time ago, yeah. Yeah, 30 years ago and, and the, uh, almost 40 years ago. And after three months of going into backwater villages, and I remember going to villages that the kids would come up to me and they would rub my hand to see if the white dirt would rub off. <laughs> They'd never seen a light-skinned person before. Wow. And I came back empty-handed, and they thought I was holding out on them. And they said, look, you can become famous, you can become rich. 
And the um, and I said to them, look, everywhere that I went, there was no cancer, there was no Alzheimer's, there was no heart disease. <laughs> it doesn't exist because these are the illnesses of civilization. So the way to prevent the illnesses of civilization is to live a long and healthy life. Yeah. And we can do that. I love that. But you picked up something else when you were down there. Uh, you picked up some massive parasites. Mm. Like you had all kinds of hepatitis and, and other things I like did, that. yeah. Can, tell me about your story, because your last book, the last time you came on the show, yeah. not everyone listening has heard that episode. I mean, you were just about, like, going to die from all the, the worldly Yeah, I got, a, I got a diagnosis up. I'd never heard of before. I called my doctors and they said, you should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's and an was, ICD code for that. Right, <laughs> there's got to be. So, you know, the jungle is, the Amazon is very clean. But getting into the Amazon, you have to go through the furthest outpost of the, of the white man's civilization, which are filthy. Because we're the only people that, that you know, that pollute our own nest. And that, um, so you have to go through malaria-ridden and in, um, uh, parasite-infected areas to get to the priest, pristine jungle. And I've been in Africa, I've been in Asia in the jungles, I've been in the Amazon and the Caribbean, and I have picked up five kinds of hepatitis and eight other kinds of parasites and worms, and they were in my liver, my heart, and my brain, and my organs were collapsing. I was told to go get a liver transplant. And this was very recently? Three years ago. Okay. So I decided to grow a new body instead. And it's kind of a radical act. It's pretty radical, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I had no other choice. Yeah. Either that or go for the terminal diagnosis. And um, mm -hmm. so I did the Western meds because the Western meds are really good at killing things, but not at rebuilding organs. And I discovered that every organ produces stem cells. And if we can switch on the stem cell production in the brain, we know BDNF does it, for example, neural stem cells. Mm -hmm. And I had a brain that was full of holes. And, the, uh, and when I killed the worms in my brain, I had to still get them out through the blood-brain barrier. Well, I have a new liver, a new heart, and a new brain now. And this has been medically confirmed? Like, it's been medically confirmed yeah. with biopsies. With, we, I didn't do a brain biopsy, obviously, because it's not very practical. <laughs> but the, uh, but <clears throat> the way that I tested if I was back or not, I had two ways of, uh, of doing my own self-diagnosis. Because I love to play Scrabble with my wife and my mm -hmm. Scrabble scores, I'm pretty good. I write books, I know words. It's 350 to 400 usually. And in my worst, it was 60 to 80 points. Wow. And, uh, I could not connect words together. So the, um, and then of course I did the medical confirmations. And I, uh, when I completed my own shamanic recovery, because through energy medicine, I was able to switch on these password-protected regions in our DNA that know how to grow a new body. And we know scientifically that we can grow a new body, that we can grow a body because we did. Yeah. You know, we grew 10 fingers and 10 toes, and then these regions are silenced. And we know that we can hack into our DNA, into these password-protected regions, to turn on the production of stem cells in every organ in our body, and grow a new body that ages and heals and dies differently. And that's what I did. OK, 
Okay, well that's powerful stuff and mm. people can read about this in the name of that book again? One Spirit Medicine. One Spirit Medicine. One Spirit Medicine, okay. Um, well that's, uh, th- we were talking about that last night, it, it's, it's profound and you look the picture of health, you actually look healthier mm. now than you did when I did your training about five years yeah, ago. Yeah, because I didn't know I was sick then. Yeah. Until I collapsed. Yeah, your energy was lower, and yeah. now you're you're kind of glowing. That's it's the amazing. coffee. It's the bulletproof coffee. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> one spirit medicine. One spirit medicine is okay. based on the notion that there's one illness only and one cure. Okay. And this is it. It's one spirit. That it, it's remarkable stuff, and and it's a testament to what the the mind can do mm. and the spirit can do over over the body. And I I absolutely believe that there's mm. a lot there that people have forgotten. Yeah, it's time now, to remember. Uh, it, it is time to remember. Yeah. Now, I've asked you one question, uh, the, the final question of the interview, twice now, because you've been on Bulletproof Radio already, so I don't want to ask you the same question over and over, because well, I'd probably get different answers. We but said the one that if somebody who's listening to this who has two minutes, what can we, <laughs> what can we give them today? <laughs> it was the yeah. three most important things right. uh, that you tell someone who wanted to perform better, but let's, let's not answer that one again. Instead, I wanted to ask you... Um, in a similar vein, but as a shaman in your shamanic training, what are the three most important things you learned? Mm-hmm. So the three most important things, things you learned in your entire shamanic training. Yeah, the um, the first one is that you should have only one most important thing. Three is <laughs> three is too many. That's a great <laughs> answer. Okay, well, the one most important. <laughs> but I'll divide that into three parts. There you go. The uh, the first one is that the uh, it, there's an old Buddhist saying that begins, let me respectfully remind you, life and death are of the utmost importance. Opportunities come and go quickly. Do not squander your life. Awaken. Awaken. Become conscious. Become creators. We came here not, my teacher would say to me, we didn't come here to grow corn only. We came here to grow gods, to become gods. This is the grand experiment. And the, um, so dedicate yourself to your grand life experiment. Don't postpone it. That's what I decided to do with my own life. The second is to practice, the, to practice truth. And, you know, we tell so many little lies all the time, convenience lies. Practice impeccable truth. And no longer look for the truth, but create truth wherever you are and wherever you go. And you practice truth. If you practice truth impeccably enough, then everything you say becomes true. And that's how you dream the world into being. You participate in creation. And the third is, don't take anything that anybody says too seriously. Just discover (laughs) it for yourself. I like it. It's an experiment where n is equal to 1. So go for it. Don't wait for it to make mainstream medicine or science we got to we are the experiment of n is equal to one well alberto th- thanks for being a guest thanks for coming up to the island and, and thanks for being one of my teachers i always learn mm. amazing things when thank get, you get a chance to to talk great to be with you and i love your products and oh, i you. use them regularly i think you're at the cutting edge of the of the ancient wisdom and uh, and the finest of the new science that's a, a huge compliment yeah. for me. i i really appreciate it where can people find out more? We have thefourwinds.com. Thefourwinds.com. And if you go to thefourwinds.com, you can download the Hacking the Human Biofield article 
that gives you the translation of the shamanic techniques and supplements that you can use to upgrade the quality of your energy field. So and if you're listening to this and you think that's the quality of your energy field, this sounds like, you know, what, whatever, this doesn't sound real. Here's the deal. You can feel how good you feel or don't feel. That's what we're talking about here. Either you have energy today or you don't have energy today. Yeah. And Everything is energy. <laughs> it's, it's, you can feel the difference whether or not, uh, whether or not you want to call it one thing or another. Yeah. The stuff that, that Alberto's talking about uh, is, is a real thing and it, it's trainable, it's teachable, and it's modifiable by what you put in your body. That, that's my experience of the world anyway. Absolutely. And, and now there's hundreds of thousands of people doing Bulletproof Coffee. I think they feel something too. And that's just a a small thing compared to the whole universe of possibilities for that. Yeah. But the idea that you have no control makes no sense. And the idea that there is no sense of vibrancy in your body also makes no sense, at least if you're paying attention. Yeah, and it's the sooner you get acquainted with your field state, the better, mm -hmm. because you're gonna learn how to work within it at the end of your life anyway. <laughs> so why wait? <laughs> <laughs> I like that perspective. Yeah. Thanks again, Alberto. Thank you, Dave. If you like today's episode, uh, go out there and pick up Alberto's uh, latest book, which I have right here, A Shaman's Miraculous Tools for Healing, or One Spirit Medicine, one of the other ones, and learn a little bit about something that maybe is a little bit less Western, but is absolutely tied into biohacking and tied into human performance. Because I tell you, the shamans and the ancient uh, Buddhists and people who spent thousands of years studying their brains, with or without uh, the modern kinds of, of technologies we have now, there is huge knowledge there and a lot of that knowledge is being rediscovered now. So go out there and, and check out Alberto's work and if you really want to follow this stuff, I've actually done the training at the Four Winds Academy and it's it's pretty powerful stuff. It is it is not what you'd expect, but it's it's a really good way to connect with that energy that we talked about and also a good way to learn about mitochondrial function <laughs> and some of the other nutrients, which I really didn't expect when I went there and I, mm. I first met Alberto. So this is something special and, and unique and it's worth your attention. Have an awesome day. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.